Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. me do that's kind of scary that's all right i've been yeah, accused of worse it's not bad <laughs> <laughs> so how things over on the west coast this week rock and roll warmer than on your coast from what i hear what are you guys gonna hit like the 40s tomorrow yes yeah we've been there we've been there this week it's been getting cold you know it's that time of year you know i gotta tell you I, i'm just talking weather because absolutely i gotta i gotta fly out to there in uh, two days and you know what your weather sucks. I'm sorry, Spectre. It sucks. <laughs> it's not so bad. We get proper winters. We get snow. It's, it's all right. Yeah, screw that. I'd rather be in Hawaii. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I got friends in Canada who have got a foot of snow already. and uh, I couldn't handle that, you know. The winter's a foot, too cold. Too long, a a foot of snow, you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, okay. Yeah, I can't drive in snow. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> But uh, Simon is, uh, we're going to edit out in a second. <laughs> Spectre. <laughs> I don't think anyone cares anymore. Yeah, I don't think anybody cares anymore. Yeah, our secrets are yeah. gone. It's I know, if forget. It's unmasked. Exactly. Oh, oh. Oh, there we go. And there we go. Nice, nice, nice little, you know, that's such a great little segue there that I'm just going to let you take it from there and let the lovely listeners know what's going on with our show. Yeah, so, uh, and actually before we do, we're going to be talking tonight about um, about the kind of gear that you take on patrol, and we're going to be talking about what we actually do on patrol, what a patrol really is, and, and more particularly what it's not, and uh, what might be useful to be taking on patrol, and what might be kind of nuts and kind of dangerous, and uh, I'm sure we'll be sharing some, uh, maybe some useful insights, maybe some horror stories with you as well, so... Uh, um, you know, and we would be interested to hear from anyone, really, who, who fancies calling in or joining us in the chat room, you know, whether you've got stories about your own uh, your own patrols, your own equipment that you like to use, um, whether you've, you know, seen some of these crazy goings-on that we might be talking about, um, or, or just want to, you know, just want to share some thoughts, then either join us in the chat room or, or give us a call on the phone number on the uh, Blog Talk Radio website here. 
Right, and if you are listening and can't see the phone number, the phone number is 347-326-9827. Again, that's 347-326-9827. If you want to join us in the chat room, you probably will have to make a uh, little profile with Blog Talk Radio, but it literally takes about a minute and a half to do a profile. They don't want a lot of info, and it'll be good to have in case you call into any other of Blog Talk's thousands and thousands of radio shows. So, yeah, do that. Join us in the chat room. We want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, we, we don't mind the old trolls. We, we, we're used to that as well. So, you know, you think we're douchebags, you can tell us that as well. Yeah, that's fine. It's not like we don't hear it. Yeah, if if someone doesn't like you, it means you're really not that significant. You're not doing anything enough for someone to dislike you. So, or it could mean you're a total douchebag. But I I would like to think it's the former that that we're doing something. We're making a little bit of a difference, and uh, so we're ruffling some feathers. Sorry. You're saying there's a bit of jelly out there. A bit of jelly. jelly. That's right. <laughs> but. Uh, I believe that um, the more people that join us, the more interesting this this uh, evening show will be. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty damn interesting already, subject-wise. Because how often do you get to talk about people running around in costumes um, trying to be superheroes, crime fighters? Where do you see that? You don't, really, unless you know of any. Unless you're often, not a- Unless you're, yeah. <laughs> So uh, unless you're us, you know, or um, someone in this real-life superhero community, well, you don't really get to talk about stuff like that. But but we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? So um, before we get to that, I want to know, Spectre, this is, this is driving me nuts. I really want to know about what's going on with your charity. Uh, <laughs> you've got some charity work. You're, you're kicking your own ass lately. At the gym, or is it the gym? <laughs> a little bit. I, you know, yeah. this this was something that I kind of fell into. Um, yeah, you know how you do. You, you end up getting talking to people, and they say, "Hey, I've got this thing going on. Do you want to be involved?" And you, before you know what's happened, you're kind of involved. And it's uh, so. This this was a friend of mine who teaches this thing called Pure Bar, which, and you know, I must admit, I'm kind of skeptical of of new exercise. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to say the word fads, but I'm going to have to say the word fads. Um, you know, I'm, okay. I'm like a hardcore old school martial arts guy. I do push-ups and pull-ups and, and you know, uh, crunches, and, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> and, uh, right. So, you know, some of these P90X and CrossFit, and it it, it seems great for people in their 20s. <laughs> that's You know, that, that's kind of how I look at it. So I get invited along to this pure bar thing, which to me – as an outsider, looks like ballet. <laughs> it really, there's a bar along the wall, and it's all about toning up, and, and it looks like ballet. So uh, I know, but really? I screw it. You know, it's for charity. Let's give it a try. So <clears throat> basically, uh, <clears throat> a group of a group of guys go along, and it was the most tough workout I've done in years. <laughs> it was really absolutely brutal. I mean. You know, when you when you start doing martial arts, and <clears throat> and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been through this as well. You know, the first couple of classes you go to, they just kick your ass, and uh, right. there, there are movements. You know, you're doing these weird crouches, and you know, being low down to the ground, and everything hurts. You know, your quads are killing you, and you can't even walk down a flight of stairs the next day. Um, 
So that, that was me after pure bar class, which I had been assuming was just some innocent feminine kind of exercise class. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I must say, I kind of, I feel like I held my own. There were some, some pretty uh, pretty fit dads there who <laughs> were in the same kind of pain that I was in. So, uh, um, but, you know, it was fun. We Basically, we raised about $8,000 for the Westchester Holy New crap. Food Bank, um, which is like, a, it's a giant warehouse that collects uh, food for various homeless outreach and right. kids and stuff so that you know it went to a good cause it was a decent amount of money that we raised so everyone was pretty pleased with that a decent the eight thousand dollars yeah that's a damn decent amount of money um, yeah that's gonna buy a lot of soup right um, well if you think about it too they need the money for the food banks this time of year you know they're getting ready yeah. to give out food for uh thanksgiving and yeah they got to stock up good job Fantastic. Yeah, that was, and it was yeah. fun. And you know, stupid me, I go in the next day, and because I'm all feeling motivated at having my ass kicked, and I sign up for five weeks of this thing every day. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> now, I'm now there That's at six fantastic. o'clock in the morning doing my pure bar class. Oh my god, so. I'm going to have to check it out. And if I end up vomiting on the studio floor, I'm going to be swearing at you, going, "God <laughs> damn, Spectre." Why did I sign up for this? Anyway, yeah, so way to go, yeah. um, Pile, who is in our chat room today. As as our, oh, hello, all you guests in our chat room. I see I see. we've got a celebrity, too. We've got Teddy Rubskin, the infamous Teddy Rubskin, is also in the chat room. We're, uh, oh, man, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling some pressure now. i got to make this kind of funny. So, <laughs> uh, And if you don't know who Teddy is, look him up. Seriously, uh, once you go Teddy, you'll I, I can't even think of something to rhyme with that. It might just get. You know that you're ready. You know. Okay. Eh, that was that was so sad. I'm gonna I'm gonna right. move us forward. Um, so tell me, what, tell me about uh, while we're talking about the you know the winter coming in and the homeless outreach stuff. Tell me about the uh, winter the warmer winter program. Warmer winter program. I'm so glad you asked. And, and we'll get to the juicy stuff, you guys. But we got to get this out there because otherwise we just wasted all this promo time. And this stuff is important. We were just talking about. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving and food banks and stuff. And if you don't know what Heroes Radio is, is about, Heroes 101, we are a bunch of, um, God, I hate calling us this, but if we don't call us this, you won't know what the hell we do. Dorks. There you go. Thank you. We are a bunch of dorks who um, we're, we're part of a real-life superhero community, and we try to help out everywhere we can. And part of that is uh, homeless outreach. And um, we have tons of people out uh, in the areas that we patrol that don't even have warm coats or socks. So we, with a bunch of other hero groups out there, are all over the United States and in the U.K., are accepting warm coats, gloves, scarves, hats, and um, sweaters for the homeless, and if you have them, we will come and pick them up from you so that we can give them out during the month of December. So between now and December, empty out your damn closets. You don't need that nasty-ass-looking sweater that usually, well, unless it's for your Christmas ugly sweater party or whatever. Those <laughs> those are so big now. Ugly sweater Christmas. A- anyway. I'm so sad. What? I, I don't know if those parties are getting so big now or if we're just getting to a certain age where we get invited to those parties. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's it. Oh, darn it. Hit the nail on the head. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Teddy Rubskin saying in the chat room, cold weather, arch nemesis of tight wearing street superheroes. Yes, yes. And that is in line with our topic tonight. So, yes, it is the enemy. 
Um, and that. So anyway, if you guys know of a real life superhero group near you, that's fantastic. They will pick up your uh, your warm clothing. If you don't know of one, you know what? We're gonna post some links on Heroes Radio One O Heroes One Hundred One Radio on Facebook. So if you go, oh God, what did she say again? Go to Facebook. Type in Heroes 101 Radio, and we'll have some links up there to people who can go pick your crap up, okay? Not your yeah, crap. Yeah, you know, worst case, just give literally. us a shout, and we can sort something out. There's uh, Nothing's going to go to waste. Absolutely nothing. We we give it all out. We give it straight to the whole hands of the homeless themselves. And yeah, if you're you having a... that, that's a good point, because there, there are so yeah. many of these charity organizations, I don't, I don't know, certainly here in New York anyway, where... I, I I don't know. I hesitate to call them a con, but there there are certainly some scam charity organizations where the organization itself it costs so much money to run that anything you donate just ends up you know the the, the actual people that you're trying to give to get a tiny tiny percentage of that. And I exactly. I think it's probably worth mentioning, like you say, that everything we get goes straight to the homeless. You know, we don't have any oh, operating yeah. costs. We don't claim no. expenses. You know. No, we don't. We don't. We do this out of our own pockets. We take, you know, we'll take carts and uh, our own carts and our own little wagons and we'll fill them with clothes and then we'll go out to where the homeless are and we'll go, hey, check for something your size. Or we'll put them, we actually have street boutiques um, where we'll put them on um, clothes racks. We bring portable clothes racks with us and we allow the homeless to come and uh, grab a coat, grab a sweater, grab a scarf. So, you know, get in touch with us. And if you're Bruce Wayne, and you've got some money to spare, and you're looking for some teams to sponsor. Damn it, we're right here. We're ready to help you. So, um, speaking of Bruce Wayne, I do want to give a shout out to last week's guests because Bruce Wayne, Avengers, anything completely geeky was right up their alley. It is right up their alley, and that's who joined us last week. It's it was Geek Pile Radio Show. And uh, we had the hosts from Geek Pile on there, and they are two funny guys who just love to talk about anything geeky. So if you're a a major geek, an uber geek, kind of like a Jedi geek, uh, check out their show. They're on Sunday nights on Blog Talk Radio at um, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Pretty cool show. We want to thank them. Yeah, and actually, you know what? We never did hear back from our previous guest on, on last week's show, <clears throat> who was going up to Albany Comic Con in New York, and uh, I forget it was a, like a cobra costume that she had made for herself and spent right. weeks making it as she was entering in the cosplay contest. And uh, right. I was desperate to see photos and hear whether she won that thing. We're gonna have to nag her on Facebook. I think I'm friends with her on Facebook, so we we're gonna have to find out what what happened there. So yeah, we can creepy Facebook stalkers, that'll work. Right. Huh. Um, you know what today is too, Spectre? Veterans Day, right? Right. Yeah. And what well who do we honor on Veterans Day? Well, actually, you know what? It's kind of interesting because in the UK we also have um a a Memorial Day on November the 11th every year and uh, um it's slightly different to Veterans Day, but, you know, it kind of hit me uh, this year. On, on Facebook, you know, I've got friends still in the U.K., and I've got friends over here, and how uh, there's, like, a commonality to, you know, to remembrance and, and that, that kind of message. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, obviously the people being honored are the, you know, the, the true heroes, the guys who actually go out and put their lives on the line for our freedom, which... Right. Uh, you know, I think regardless of your views on war and, you know, whatever, it, it's difficult to 
find fault and, and you know not show appreciation for people who have uh, made that kind of sacrifice. So, you know, all joking aside, that's uh, I think that's that's as big a deal as you can get. Yeah, it is actually, and and we all know someone you know who's uh, who's served or is serving now, and we all know someone who's you know lost someone too. So. You know, I complain about the little things that that go wrong here in my day. Oh, that guy cut me off in my lane, and they're out there sleeping on freaking rocks and eating whatever they have to eat. You know, while they're doing doing duty out there. Duty, I said duty. <laughs> and like you said, whether or not you you believe that that um, you know you believe in the idea of war or enlistment or anything, they're they're we have them to thank for so many of our freedoms, and and. uh I want to thank them. I want to thank my dad, who who was in the services, um, and uh, all my uncles who are still still part of still enlisted. Wow. Um, but you've got someone, Spectre, that you were talking about this week, who who you wanted to point out as a true hero. That, that isn't it isn't military, but uh, was doing some amazing things, and actually got arrested in the name of in the name of love. Actually, so uh, <laughs> wow, that sounds like a song. Um, <laughs> I know, right? I'm yeah. hearing you two all over the place. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you're right, you know, uh, and this has been all over the news, and, and quite rightly. And I must admit, in, in our kind of hero of the week thing that we do, I, I try to steer clear of things that have been massively publicized. Um, you know, I made the mistake of mentioning a couple of weeks ago the woman walking through New York, which. <laughs> at the time it shocked me and then it became this massive <laughs> massive political thing of you know sexism and uh, this whole big symbol um <laughs> so I, I try to steer clear of anything too uh, contentious but this one you know I, I think there's there's no there's no alternative view on this one this is a and and you've probably seen this all over the news this is a 90 year old man um his name is Arnold Abbott who lives in Fort Lauderdale in in Florida and he's been arrested twice now, and his only crime has been feeding the homeless. And, you know, we, we've seen this a lot in other states as well. There have been some crazy laws going through where you're not allowed to feed homeless people in the streets or you're not allowed to give them certain things. And, um, you know, where this kind of crazy amount of control from the government comes from in terms of just feeding starving people, uh, who knows what insanity is behind that. Um, but this this guy, uh, Arnold Abbott, a 90-year-old man in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale in Florida, has uh, managed to get around it for the time being by feeding the homeless from churches. So he's actually arranging to, to, do, uh, to do kind of food drives from churches and actually have the homeless people turn up there, which, uh, you know, from what we do, I should imagine it takes a lot of coordination and lots of planning to even, even get close to making that happen. So... Uh, um, but, you know, he's been very, very vocal in terms of just saying, uh, and in fact, he uh, he said recently he's going to keep feeding homeless people, and I quote, as long as there is breath in my body. And uh, I, I, I love the idea that when you get to that kind of age, you can just say, screw you. <laughs> you create whatever right. stupid laws you want, but I'm not following them. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, he's 90 years old, getting arrested. Now, here's the thing. They have laws like that everywhere. And the thing that bothers me is they're not enforced every day. They don't have to be. It's, it's usually up to the police officers to enforce the law or not. So I think it's really ridiculous that this is a 90-year-old man and these officers were, you know, maybe they were, they were, they had pressure on them to, to enforce the law. But if it were on their own, you know, time, they didn't have to arrest this man. They could have just 
turned an eye because you can. Um, I'll tell you what I'm trying to do because we do it all the time. We try to feed the homeless in big batches. I mean, I, there, there are a couple Thanksgivings where we fed 100 people. Um, and I, I tell you, I don't know what the laws are regarding having a big picnic because that's what I'd turn it into if I found out that I might be arrested by doing this. I'd go, oh, but we're having a picnic. These guys are my friends. So, you know, you're going to arrest us for having a picnic with lots of food? Go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. We swear here on this station, too. There we go. I just got us up to our R rating for the night. So, nice. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. And, you know, I must admit, we, uh, you know, we, we've never had problems in, in all the time I've been doing this in New York. And, <clears throat> you know, we, we actually work with a, another local group who are, I, I certainly wouldn't, I don't think they would call themselves real-life superheroes, but they are purely a, a homeless outreach charity who <clears throat> called, uh, called Beacon um, that stands for mm-hmm. something about costumed, <laughs> costumed yeah. people. But they, yeah, they literally dress up in all of their own outfits and go out there. But, um, you know, they, they've, they've done drives where they've had, you know, 50 people at a time walking around the streets of Manhattan and not, not one person has ever been questioned about giving food to homeless people. You know, the cops seem to generally think that it's a good idea and have never given us any grief. Good. See, and that's why I'm wondering about these Floridian cops. They're, what are they doing? Yeah. It's, it's, the, the homeless gets such a bad freaking rap anyway. I, when we were down in San Diego doing um, Project Hope, you know, during the Comic-Con Con weekend, it's harder for us to find homeless because... The you know San Diego knows that Comic Con is in you know it's international, so you get people from all over the world coming to San Diego. And do they want their homeless in the usual spots around the convention area? No, they don't. They want San Diego to appear this beautiful, sunny, bright California city with no homeless. What a shame! And so they displace them, they move them away, and then we have to go searching for them to to bring them the food and the gear that we bring them. But it's like that everywhere. They think if you can't see them, you know, out of sight, out of mind, it's crap. And, yeah, um, and you, you know, where I where I grew up in the UK, it was a, a kind of a seaside holiday town. And uh, mm-hmm. in the summer, when all the tourists would come, the, the cops would literally make an arrangement with the bus company and the train company to give homeless people just a free ride to another town. <laughs> just literally to oh move someone else's problem. And it was absolutely crazy, you know. Oh, oh, the heart, the heart that is associated with things like, well, amazing. But um, as far as as anything else to promote, I think that's what we've got so far. Uh, if any other teams, any other superhero teams have anything else they'd like to promote, because I know that there's um, lots going on right now for the holiday season, Please feel free to call in. Uh, let us know. Let us know what you want the listeners to hear. We are uh, 500 listens. I'm sorry, 551 listens away from 40,000 listens. Uh, 40,000 total holy. listens on our show. Yeah. So um, if you want to advertise, this is a good place to do it. So yeah, um, and you know what? Uh, in the in the chat room at the moment, we've got the guys from Geekpile saying that <clears throat> our, our dial-in, our caller from last week's show, who called him right at the very end of the show, actually left photos on the Geekpile Facebook page of her cosplay outfit, and and uh, so you know, I think I'm going to have to make a trip over there, and uh, I don't know how I missed it. Oh, me too. You know, that's <laughs> that's terrible. I- 
<laughs> we need to go over there and check out their page more often. <laughs> yeah, show a bit of support to the Geek Power guys. Right? Well, we we listen to them every week, stuff. But you know, as far as going physically to the page and looking for the stuff, so Facebook slash Geek Power. Facebook.com okay. slash Geek Power. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, awesome. We'll we'll do that. And if you guys want to see what we're talking about, and Facebook. Geek Pile. They're the only ones you'll find if you type that in. Uh, let's see. Oh, we've got a few RLSH in the chat room tonight. So, uh, RLSH, from here on, it means real-life superhero for those of you who are listening in for the first time and have, don't know what the hell we're talking about. Real-life superheroes. A bunch of good Samaritans on steroids, I like to call us, who go out and try to help out in our communities. And um, through through various avenues various channels uh and you know what i think i think it's kind of important before we get into the whole debate about costumes and and gear mm-hmm. and equipment and and, mm-hmm. and you know, potentially weapons and, and self-defense uh gadgets and things um before we even get down that road it's probably important to clarify exactly what it is that we do you say you know that, that we help people through various means and <clears throat> try to improve our communities through various means but uh I, you know, I think even though we're with 3,000 miles away from each other, we probably have very similar methods and uh, uh, similar things that we get up to. But there are groups out there that do completely different things. That uh, you know, even here in New York, we have we have the group I mentioned who who are purely about feeding the homeless. You know, that's all they do. They don't get involved in any crime patrols or anything else. Um, right. And yeah, we, we've got uh, you know a number of people who obviously there are there are different organizations who do that completely, you know, regardless of calling themselves superheroes or wearing masks or anything else, you know, that's, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, there there are other things there. There are groups who who are much more focused on the crime side of things and and, uh, do much more active crime patrols where they'll actually either try to be a visual deterrent to crime and and go out in, in force wearing kind of like uniforms. I guess you've got groups like the Guardian Angels who go out there wearing their berets and their patches. Um, and, and try to, you know, kind of deter crime by just being visually out there and being a force. Um, but on the other hand, you have other teams who pick local crimes that uh, are either things that I guess they feel particularly strongly about or, or crimes that they feel have been forgotten by the authorities. And they go out there and flyer and try to uh, raise the public awareness and, and even canvassing amongst local uh, communities to try to find leads on the crimes and, and actually track these criminals down. Um, so, you know, I think there are quite a few strings to the real-life superhero bow, if you will. And, it, you know, it kind of raises some interesting questions about when uh, things like costumes, things like masks might be like a fun addition and, and when it might actually be kind of dangerous and put people at risk. Now, I when I first joined up, just like you, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, Inspector, I think almost everyone, who when they first joined up the... Um, with the real life superhero movement, I think the first thing we all thought about was, well, maybe the second thing we all thought about was, what are we, what are we going to wear out there? Because everybody wanted to hide their, uh, their identities. So, um, and these patrols, like you're talking about, uh, the first thing that you're, you know, concerned with is safety. And part of that safety is hiding your face, but you're right. There are different types of patrols out there. Um, uh, I know that that we will get on the motorcycle and we'll patrol our town because we find that 
on Fridays and Saturday nights especially, there are drunk drivers who like to leave the clubs and think that no one's going to notice if they're, like, side-swiping other cars. So that's what we like to do here in the uh, California Hero Initiative San Francisco. And I know from experience that um, you, you guys at the New York Hero Initiative like to um, foot patrol, and you guys go everywhere. Damn, New York yeah, is I mean, huge. You know, I guess uh, uh, you know we see some traffic crime in Manhattan or in Brooklyn or wherever, but um, typically, you know, we have the same kind of problems. People come out of bars drunk at two a.m. and uh, there are issues there, but they're typically on foot, and it's typically just uh, you know just drunk brawling and that kind of thing. Which uh, I guess again in New York, there there, are, there tend to be more doormen and and you know bouncers in clubs and things, but. Uh, I guess it's debatable as to whether they help things or, or make or you know, make right. escalate and you know cause it to right. be worse. Now, and, and patrols, you know, uh, there was there was a big debate on what a patrol actually is at one point. I remember uh, someone saying that if you weren't fighting crime, you weren't really on on patrol. Uh, you know, that's that's. I guess it depends on your um, definition of crime fighting because, like you said. Walking even, because let me back up a little. I when I was taking my lightsaber classes, the very first beginning, the um, the guy who is who, the founder of the uh, Jedi, you know, lightsaber academy, Golden Gate Knights in San Francisco. We actually talked about having, and I know you'd love this, Specter, a uh, Jedi patrol where oh, you yeah. got. I mean, think about that. That's non-threatening. You go out and you're. You're in full costume with these geeky lightsabers, you know, to kind of light the way and to make you really noticeable at night. And the idea there is not so much to engage in any type of uh, criminal activity or a criminal, criminal it's a deterrent. It's basically, I, I think I called it Big Brother Walking Little Sister Home from the Bar yeah. in big groups. In big groups I mean, when, of when Jedi. You think about it, if you're drunk coming out of a bar, <clears throat> who would you rather have walking you home than Obi Wan right. Kenobi with a lightsaber? And Obi Wan Kenobi, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or to be like Bible Man, Teddy Rumskin says. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, I believe that can be called a patrol when we pick up our needles on the weekends. Um, that's also a patrol because. You've got your eyes open for everything, and you are patrolling your area. Yeah, that, that was what I was going to make. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I think, I, you know, obviously I had the experience of actually being able to come out and do a, a needle patrol with you in San Francisco recently, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think as part of that, it, it certainly made me aware that even in the middle of the day, there are some areas where you need to be so aware of what's going on around you. And, um you know, I, I guess you could debate whether you need martial arts or self-defense skills. I, I certainly think they add a degree of confidence and, and uh, um, you know, it's kind of your safety net if everything were to go horribly wrong. Um, right. Much more important is, is that ability to be aware of what's going on in your surroundings. And uh, I, I think, you know, if, if you have anything that could detract from that and, and kind of prevent you from, you know, from being visually aware and, and uh, just, you know, sensing what's happening around you in, in, in that kind of space. It could be a, a really, really dangerous thing, you know. Right. I mean, you think, oh, I'm going to walk down this alley, I'm going to pick up a needle. Oh, man, but then you go down these alleys and the things that are going on there and, you know, if you walk up at the wrong time while somebody's doing something that's completely illegal and they don't want any witnesses to see, 
yeah, it can go bad really quickly. So um, you're right. I mean, not everybody has to have martial arts training, but at the very least, you should have a basic sense of awareness at all times. That goes for I mean, this, this kind of reminds me of um, a time, I, I guess probably a couple of years ago now, where Dark Guardian and I were patrolling in the West Village in, in Manhattan. And, you know, it's, it's a fairly nice upmarket area. There are lots of right. nice clubs and bars where people go out. And mm-hmm. uh, and we were literally just walking back from the end of a patrol and going back to our cars and calling it a night. And, you know, really there was nothing going on. We'd given out a ton of flyers and were done with it. And uh, as we were walking along, we we spotted a couple of young girls going home from a club and just a really shifty-looking guy on a street corner. And, and, you know, we both just felt a bad vibe from this guy and uh, followed him for a while. And we noticed that he was tracking a couple of girls who were walking along and he was kind of hiding in corners and, and you know, trying to uh, keep himself cons- inconspicuous. Um, and, huh. and as soon as he noticed us, he, he, he literally, a bus was coming down the street. He ran to the nearest corner, got on the bus, and, and just hightailed it. Um, but, it, it's you know, it's things like that. It would have been so easy just to be chatting away, you know, oblivious as, as you would, you know, just wandering around Manhattan and just not even notice this guy. And, you know, completely debatable as to whether we did any good and whether that guy would have had any ill intent. But there was something sketchy going on there. And just being able to keep your eyes open and spot that kind of thing is is so invaluable. Absolutely. And you know what? Yeah, yeah, we'll never be able to know whether or not, you know, something would have come of that. But I believe that they call the the stomach, they call your gut um, your second mind, at least in ancient, you know, in a... Asian cultures, your second mind is your stomach. So when your gut is telling you, hey, something's not right there, chances are it's it's absolutely right. So you got to listen to your gut. The bad thing is, like you said, what if these girls are texting or, you know, just not aware of the surroundings or laughing or they have drunk, no longer can hear their second mind, the gut. So, yeah, this guy, it's it's easy. It's easy to be, you know, preyed upon if you're acting like the weak gazelle in the herd you know you're you're the easy one so of course the uh the lion is going to go after you and people just we, we try to we try to say that until we're blue in the face but you know we hear about it happening all the time so i'm going to keep saying it maybe somebody will hear it sometime <laughs> yeah listen to your spider sense i think that's the uh the, the bottom yeah line. exactly spider sense safety first like teddy <laughs> says uh well i think we have uh <laughs> we we put off the issue of our topic long enough to uh, to have everybody going. Okay, I want to hear about this now. Yeah, let's dive yeah. in, shall we? So uh, tell me then. So you mentioned that uh, you know when you started off, you were looking to, to hide your face. Tell us about the the rock and roll, uh, the, the costume, and and you know any kind of masks or anything that you wore. Hmm. And I see I see Nightbug is looking at me as if he wants to say something. Is there something? I was just wondering if you wanted me to preface this with the California Penal Code Section 185. Yeah. Or should I do that later? Yeah, I should do that later. Yeah. Later. Later. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I got you know I got pulled into this because my my um my dear partner in crime fighting. That's cute, huh? I know. Shut up. I see Uh, what you did there. Yeah, you see what I did there. Um, he you know he was doing this. And I said, hey, if you can do it, I can definitely join you on this because basically I'm more qualified than he used to do this. He he really is less qualified. We'll talk about that later. He's awesome and qualified, but anyway. Um, 
Yeah, so I thought to myself, he's got a mask. He's got this full-on. I mean, Nightbug, if you haven't seen it, he's got one of the best masks in the real-life superhero community. It was custom-made by this really cool guy, who um, Dave Montgomery, who uh, was the head of a, a, a Utah group of um, of masked uh, real-life superheroes. And uh, the – God, why, why am I – the BMS, the – Black Monday, Black Monday Society. Society. Those guys were really cool, and they all had these custom-made masks. So Nightbug got in touch with him, and and he made one for him. Um, it's kind of it offers a bit of protection. It's out of ABS plastic. It protects your your you know if someone were to hit you in the face, they would they'd hurt your face, but not as much as if your face were bare. Yeah, so, yeah. It wasn't really made you know for fighting in. That's for no, sure. no. Um, and then. When I saw that, I thought, I don't have a custom mask, but you know what? If I'm going to be out there on patrol, and and I had actually intended to do it a a few times with them, I I knew in my gut that that kind of patrol wasn't wasn't really for me, that there were other ways that I wanted to patrol, but I, I knew I'd be out there a few times with them. I knew that I had to have the Kevlar and some kind of stab proof uh, gear and, and I had to have a mask because I didn't want somebody that I messed with to recognize me, you know, on the street. Um, so I, I, all I had was a, a, a half mask that I, I had taken from my motorcycle gear. And I used that because I thought that would keep my identity safe. But you know what? If I pissed off, say I pissed off Luke here, who's a drug dealer. Say I did something that either got him arrested or screwed up a big, you know, drug deal for him, or, or whatever I did, to, you know, to just piss him off. How hard would it be for Luke, Luke, shut up, to turn around and look for me on the street? I'm that mask-wearing freak who's walking up and down the street. How hard would it be to find that person again? See, and that's that's the issue I have with the masks now. You you actually yeah. make it easier for I, someone that you pissed off to find you. Exactly, and and you know that that's always been my concern as well. Is it, it draws attention to you rather than you know removing attention from you, and uh, you know especially some of these that are more flamboyant. And I'm kind of interested. You're talking about Nightbug's mask there, um, mm-hmm. Night, Nightbug. You know what, what was? I'm just kind of interested in in you know how how did you? Um, what was the lead up to you, to you getting hold of that mask, and and have you used that in any in, in different types of patrols? You know where do you think that fits? <laughs> Well, um, to preface that, I did start off, how I even stumbled across the real-life superhero movement, um, I'm, I definitely consider myself a geek. <laughs> um, no. I'm sure she'll attest really? to that. And, uh, hell? But, you know, you, you surf around on the internet um, looking for things you like, and you inevitably end up falling a little off track, and I remember coming across an article on this guy calling himself Shadow Hair. I think he was from Cincinnati or something like that. And and it said, real-life superhero in in the article. I'm like, what? Real-life superhero? I've never heard of this. And this guy... This guy looked like he was maybe 85 pounds soaking wet and uh, didn't look like he could take anybody down. Um, 
but just the fact that he was out there was interesting. And from there, you, yeah, I did a little research and I found that there's more of these people out there. And I went, is there anyone locally? And I did come across some people, but it took me some time before I got interested enough to investigate um, and see what these people were up to. Um, but eventually I did get to a point where I said, well, it'd be interesting to go out and see what one of these patrols is like, but I don't really have anything to wear. Um, so I, I put together a really quick kind of proto outfit that was pretty goofy. It was basically just a, it, it's kind of like what everyone resorts to who doesn't have a costume yet that you see on the Facebook. Hoodie? The hoodie uh-huh. and some goggles. They were really giant, like, I think they called them welding goggles, but uh, I don't know that they'd protect you from much Oh, no, of you don't want to get hit in the face with a pair of goggles on. That's worse. No, I don't even like wearing those goggles. They they put a near-permanent notch on the bridge of my nose. Um, but the first time I went out with these guys, I wore this, this outfit, and uh, it was mostly uneventful patrol. But the uh, we split into two groups at one point. Um, a pair of us were running after someone that we heard was uh, harassing somebody else, and that turned out to be nothing. But meanwhile, the other two of them got stopped by uh, SFPD because they were walking around wearing masks. Huh. And they, they uh, got one of the guys to take his mask off. And the other guy didn't have one on. I think he was new or something. Um, but he got him to take the mask off by saying, oh, it's SF Municipal Code, you can't wear a mask. I went around looking for such a law, and I couldn't find one except as it related to masked balls, which I thought was pretty funny. Wait, 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 what? It's it's pretty random, and it doesn't really apply. We're not going to read the whole thing. I'm not going to read this whole thing. It shall yeah, be unlawful, really? Yeah, you, you basically, you you can't hold a mask ball where people dress up unless you have a permit from the entertainment commission and there's more to it than that but but, but that's a long and short of it um california though uh the penal code section 182 to 185 uh, section 185 says it shall be unlawful for any person to wear any mask false whiskers what or any personal disguise i guess they mean like beard whether complete or partial, for the purpose of, one, evading or escaping discovery, recognition, or identification in the commission of any public offense, or two, concealment, flight, or escape when charged with, arrested for, or convicted of any public offense. Any person violating any of the provisions of this section shall be deemed guilty of a misdemeanor. Okay, but so... So if you're doing something bad, it'll make it worse right. to wear a mask while doing it. But right now I can hear every RLSH out there saying, but we're not doing anything bad. Right. But that gives the police probable cause to mess with you, at least if they want to. 
I mean, I'm, I'm kind of shocked, though, because who hasn't worn false whiskers for the sake of recognition in the past? I mean, I thought that was just like a regular Saturday night. Right. I, thought they I mean, were I don't wear them on my face. Whiskers. It's more down below, but... Uh, I just, oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm wearing some now. So, <laughs> I, I really thought they were talking about cat whiskers. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. really like the cat whiskers. Why are they picking on... Kidding. Um, okay, so... Oh but, oh, but I would say to answer his original question, um, I... I uh, after wearing this goofy half costume for a while, I went, you know, I want something that's mine. And being the big Spider-Man dork that I am, I went poking around trying to find a look that sort of paid paid homage to Spider-Man without ripping him off. And I looked at pictures of actual spiders and goofy Halloween spider masks. And... Uh, I knew that Dave Montgomery from the Black Monday Society made masks, and I contacted him asking about his pricing, et cetera, et cetera. But I sent him some pictures, and he said, you know what? I could do this. I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And so he sent me some preliminaries, and there it is. I've worn the mask off and on ever since. Because I've seen I've seen the pictures of of uh, Hope in San Diego and and um, you know obviously you wear the mask for for that kind of major you know public event um, but then also you know it, it seems like uh, when you're out on patrol and I don't want to put words in your mouth but it seems like you more wear just you know a baseball cap and a pair of sunglasses or you know something that's a bit more <laughs> below the radar I guess um, what, what's the kind of thought process behind that? Well. Um I've only worn it maybe a total of three times out on the street doing things. Um, I think the first, well, actually, no, the, the first two years at Hope, because everyone else is wearing them and it's broad daylight, and you have a bunch of other people there to watch your back. It's an event. It's an event. Um, and it's Comic Con, and I mean, you know, you know, when in Rome. But, yeah, uh, you're never going to be the weirdest guy in the streets, are you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of cool, but um, and we also dressed up the first time we ever went out with the XJL. We were invited to go with them on a patrol, and I wore it then. Um, but the peripheral vision's horrible. <laughs> if I actually got punched in the face, it would hurt me. Uh, it would probably hurt the person's hand, but I I wouldn't want to get hit while wearing it. It's not a combat ready mask in, right. at any in any form. Now we have an interesting question in the chat room from Geekpile. Do you feel braver in the mask or like a different person? Sure. What's that what's that quote? Uh it's like Oh, it's about giving a man a mask yeah, and he'll tell a, you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Or he'll show you who he really is. Something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. I do, don't you? I feel, if I have a mask, a really cool mask, I feel like a completely different person. I'm whoever I think I am during, you know, that time when I'm wearing the mask. What about you, Spectre? (laughs) Well, you know, I've never worn a mask on patrol or for any kind of events or anything. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in in the New York Hero Initiative, we've gone through various phases. You know, there there was that very well-publicized documentary that had some of the guys... uh, in big 
crazy slipknot masks and you know that, <laughs> <laughs> that was obviously something that happened and was moved on from and then you know that that pretty much died pretty much immediately after that documentary um but for me personally you know some of the guys in the hero initiative here were were doing face paint and and uh, I, I mean I, i'm kind of happy to wear fairly flamboyant clothes but I've never wanted to have anything over my face. I, I don't know whether it's like a claustrophobic thing, or, um, but I, I don't know. I've just felt comfortable just out on the streets being me and <laughs> take it, take it or leave it, you know. Right, right. Besides that, you pick you pick costumes that look sort of like you anyway. When you do the Thor thing and you, <laughs> you know, you did the crow thing. So really, you know, you don't need to add a mask to that. So I, I must admit, most of those clothes I've had for like. 18, 19 years or something. Just you know, we got to have a show completely. we got to have a show about that because, you know, if you look at your old pictures online and all your old rock and roll days, that's one thing people don't know that both Spectre and I had been, you know, lead singers in, in rock bands. So it's like scream. We're going to have to drop rock. some of those old old uh, songs on, on the show sometime. Anyway. Yes, yeah. We did talk about doing a music episode, didn't we? I think we may have yeah. to revisit that. And, uh, yeah, but yeah. only if we sing like Slipknot. Yeah. Yeah, come yeah. on, man. Come on, we're not too old. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I must say, like, I've never really gone down the road of masks and, and stuff. And, and I must right. admit, I even patrol around, you know, areas where my boss lives in Manhattan and things like that. Oh, good and Lord. I, I'm oh. pretty comfortable that if he were to walk out of his front door and see me with a bunch of weird-looking people on, you know, wearing Kevlar, <laughs> I'd, I'd just say, look, this is what I'm doing, you know, and, and it wouldn't really be a big deal to me. Um, but yeah. on the other hand equipment i i've always been very interested and in, i haven't made any massive investments yet um but you know literally all i carry when i go on patrol is a mag light because it's good as a flashlight it's very oh, yeah. good as a self defense weapon as well um oh absolutely but uh, i you know i'd be interested you guys whether you uh, you take anything more than that and you know have any experiences good or bad with other equipment now you know the the mag light cuz you know um i for those who don't know, I, I was a assistant head of security. I was a bouncer, and then I got promoted um, at San Francisco's oldest nightclub, the End Up, for a couple of years. Um, so, and the reason I got that job was because I'm I'm a, a martial artist and I teach uh, some self defense. So, anyway, there were only two girls on the staff, other than our boss. She was awesome too. She is deadly. Uh, but the rest were all guys, big burly guys, especially my favorite uh, guys who were the Samoans, all the cousins. <laughs> they were huge, and I'm not exaggerating when I say we had like 400-pound Samoan guys on there who could clear a room with one arm. But um, anyway, they they were where I first learned what gear to have on you because you got to you know you got to travel light when you're walking from the front door to the back door to our. They end up had a backyard too. It had a really cool backyard with um, as cool as a seedy nightclub can have. Um, it had it had a two-story waterfall and stuff like that, just crazy shit in the back. But you have to walk light. So the mag light, yes, served two purposes. A whistle kept us out of more fights than anything in the world. And um, it also was really good for uh, attracting attention when you needed help. Uh, and... You know, I I'm a fan of stun devices. I'm I'm not going to walk around with a giant taser, but I do usually carry blast knuckles with me, and those are they they fit in they fit like brass knuckles, but they've got a charge. Yeah. So, 
Yes, I I said that out loud on on the air in case Nightbug's looking at me like, why did you tell people that? Well, it's, no, I, you were giving me a funny look about it. Oh, okay. Um, they, they have, I think, since since we've started carrying them, they've be since we first started carrying them, they've sort of become more of a gray area. Yeah. But they're not illegal. Yeah, they're yeah. Teddy's asking electric brass knuckles. Yeah, pretty much. They're not brass though. They are. Yeah, they're not metal. They have a they have a sort of soft coating yeah. on the outside. But you have to turn them on, and then yes, if you hold them against someone, you can tase them with it. Yeah, they're not they're not meant to hit people with because if you hit someone with them, the charge is less effective. Right, You're, you have to actually touch and hold against someone to get them to work. <laughs> and then what's, like a, what's the kind of uh, what's, like what's the outcome of of you know electrocuting someone with your your crazy superhero knuckles? Right. Well, you know, I think about that. It's it's if someone's see, it's it's kind of it's it's odd too because both Nightbug and I teach self defense, and the first thing we know is that we have this circle of fear that we don't let anyone get into. Um, we don't. If you if we're on patrol and there's somebody shady, you know, anywhere in the area, and they come within a certain amount of space towards us, that's it. We don't believe in let them hit first. That's bullshit. Yeah. You know, the first hit could be the last hit. So we believe that if you've come that close to us, then we're going to defend ourselves already. So now having those, I feel that if someone's already on my person to where I can actually reach out and hope make contact with that, then yes, absolutely, they're going to get tased. I mean, I'm going to try everything else that I do first. And what's what's the actual effect of you know of, the, of this device? What does it actually do to a person? I mean, because the reason I ask is I looked into some of these um, some of these kind of lower tech tasers that are, that are legally allowed in New York City, um, but pretty much every review says that they're never really going to hurt someone; they're just going to piss them off. <laughs> that seems like a really bad idea to me. I guess it depends on the voltage, right? Yeah, it can depend on the voltage. Are these the ones that we use are supposedly 950,000 volts? Wow. To be absolutely honest, uh, we've never had to pull them out and use them on anybody. No, we haven't. We haven't. Good. So I, I, which is, I would which assume, is what we prefer. Right. I would assume that they are the same um, as as any other taser device. They because and 950,000 volts, even if you're on some type of drug that that. You know, doesn't and and they don't make you super. Drugs don't make you more super. They just make you less responsive to whatever's trying to stop you at the moment. Um, even then, nine hundred fifty thousand volts will you know it, it it'll stun you for a moment, unless you're the Hulk. You know, so yeah, it'll make you seize up. It'll make you seize up, and that's what that's what the point of that is. But you know what? More than I'll be honest, carrying something like that. The crackle, of, when you turn it on and you press the button, there's a huge crackle that is kind of scary. Now, I've seen where other people have just brought those out and turned them on and hit the button, and that was enough to just kind of freak people out and, and to make them go, whoa, whoa, okay, okay, that's that's fine. I'm going to stop now. So, uh, and yeah, you know, not- just kind of similar tactics like um, the the just – just disorientate. We, we've we've had tactics where we've used um, like a, a super bright LED flashlight with um, blue and red kind of acetate sheets that you can put over the top. So when you move them between, it just looks like red and blue police lights. And right. You try to 
dark alley or something, and it looks and like it looks like the cops are coming. Yeah, yeah I remember. And, and obviously, you get the sirens and rape alarms yep. and things that just make a freaking loud noise. And and yeah, that's, that's a great deterrent, right? Yeah, right. Um, God, I, I remember that. I remember somebody telling us about that the first time. Um, as far as as what all that has to do with our with the masks, with the main subject of our uh, our show tonight, the gear that you carry is just as important as as whether or not you're breaking any laws with what you're wearing. Now, I know that in other states, it's absolutely um, against the law to be walking around in, let's see, I'm, I'm kind of looking at a, I'm actually in the Heroes of the Night book by our friend T. Krulos, who wrote about the real-life superheroes. And, um, you know, if you've got, let's see, uh, I'm looking for one specifically, but if you're an unlawful possession of handcuffs, because remember, guys, so many places do not allow you to carry handcuffs. So if you're thinking to yourself, I'm just going to have these and so in case I make a citizen's arrest, you know what? You better worry about yourself getting arrested. Um, and if you have uh, body armor during commission of a violent crime, your ass is in so much trouble. And and if you're thinking, but I'm not committing a violent crime. Well, if you're taking down, let's say you're wearing all this stuff. And, and this is my point, because you can tell I'm not for wearing masks on a patrol if you plan to engage in taking people down. I think if you really want to take people down, if you really want to be effective, you go gray. You get a group of you, and you look like everybody else in the crowd. You don't stand out. That way, if you're really looking for the crime that's happening you know, out on the street and you want to do something about it, you just look like more people walking by. This guy's assaulting that girl. Oh, well, all of a sudden, this whole group of people who just happen to be walking by can descend upon that guy and stop him. His chances of recognizing you later are, are not that good if you're all looking like just everyday Joes. On the other hand, if you're all looking like, you know, whatever, scary clowns on, you know, patrol, he's going to remember the scary clowns on patrol if he's let out later or, you know, if he doesn't go to jail in the first place. Yeah. As a, as a deterrent? That's always been my tactic as well. I, I You know, I... I, uh, typically, when I'm on patrol, I wear a pair of jeans, a pair of sneakers, and a hooded top. You know, that, that's there you go. You just look like some like, dude walking. Like, right, you yeah. look like some guy walking through through New York. And yeah, that's but it. I mean, also, I can sit in the doorway. I look like a homeless guy. I can look like I've gone to a gym. You know, the, it, you know, you could be anybody. Absolutely, and that's that's what I believe in. Now, I wish somebody would call in and give me the other side of the story. I mean, I've heard it, but other people might want to hear the other, you know, the devil's advocate, because they claim that, um, and this is, I can see a little bit of truth to this, that if you're walking around a big group with costumes on, it's a deterrent. And yes, I enjoy walking with the X-Jail. I really do enjoy patrolling with them. Those guys are, I I have great respect for uh, quite a few of them. And um, they do have costumes. So the good thing about that is that if I am a woman or anyone else in trouble, I can go to those guys. Because, well, in San Diego particularly, they have, they, they're well known. So you know that if you see these guys, they're on your side. So if you need help, you can find them. That and they are a deterrent 
to someone who's about to commit a crime. So it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to catch anybody, but it means they're going to keep people from doing what they would normally be doing if no one was looking. Yeah, so and, and I, I think on the flip side of that as well, um, like we were saying earlier, you know, there are groups that go out and they 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 work in soup kitchens and they they do homeless food outreach things and and you know I, I think to be in full costume then, I mean, a it's just a load of fun and, and you have a great time, mm-hmm. um, but b you know if you go up to a homeless person wearing a bright blue jumpsuit, you know, <laughs> lycra and spandex, <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're not going to they're not going to suspect that you're a cop, they're not going to suspect that you're right. going to steal their stuff and stab them. You know, it's uh, right, it, it's exactly. pretty obvious that you're there with good intentions. Now in the chat room. Uh, Titus Lupus RLSH is saying, I use the mask just for photo ops. Yeah, me too now. Now it's, it's only events and photo ops because you do want people to notice you for that. You want people to go, what the hell's going on here? Well, check this out. This is what we're doing. And then Geek Pile, true to form, is saying, yeah, like Daniel LaRusso in Karate Kid when he was dressed <laughs> like the shower. Those kids were rolling a joint in the high school bathroom, and he was in there with them, and they didn't even notice him. Talk about going gray. My goodness, Geek Pile, you are. Exactly. Yes, exactly, the geeks that you are. But, yeah. yeah it's it's worth saying that um, our first patrol with the XJL, we did wear the masks. Our most recent time we went out with them, we went ahead of them. In um, gray. Dressed doing the gray man patrol. Right. So we could spot things ahead of them that people might have stopped doing mm-hmm. had they walked by them in superhero gear. Right. And it was actually really fun because um, we didn't get all the comments. We could run ahead of them and we heard everybody, hey, look at the superhero guys, hey, hey, hey. And we're like, yeah, whatever. They're not talking about us. We're free to move around unnoticed. Right. Right, we were, we were, and we did see things before because we'd we'd walk about a block ahead of them. We were, we kept in line of sight, and we kept uh, through um, cell phone and um, did we have portables? We did have our we portables, had portables yeah. uh, contact, so we could say, hey, you're about to walk up on these guys doing this. Keep an eye out. So you know that was a great way to do it. So those of you who do have costume groups, you can have someone gray man going ahead of you. You know that that's kind of keeping an eye on stuff before you get there. Uh, we have a couple of callers in the uh, online right now. You want to take this no, poor guy? He's been waiting a while. You know what? Right, we should have taken him a long time ago. Yeah. Well, he'd only recently decided he wanted to talk to. Oh, him. okay, okay. I I guess we'll take him. Um, and we know who this is. This yeah. would be a member of the Washington Hero Initiative, our our own favorite son, John Drop. Hi guys, how you doing? Hey, Jacob, how you doing? <laughs> what is going on? Why are they yelling? Did they find out what I did last night? They did. Yeah, they're so proud of you. So, so, bro, what do you want to add to this? Well, you know, kind of a couple of things. Like, you know, I'm kind of in the same vein as Nightbug. Like, I got involved with Sage, like as you know, a hardcore nerd. Found out about it on Cracked and you know was like these guys are awesome except they're crazy but they're awesome and um so like I I get the 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 reason for wanting to do the whole mask thing like I get it but like uh, there's there's a couple of things that I've noticed that wearing the mask wearing a mask or wearing a costume or anything like you kind of touched on it earlier like people seem to think that 
they're a different person when they're wearing the mask. And to some extent, that might be true. Like, they might be a little bit braver, but they're definitely not any smarter. And they're definitely not any more physically capable of handling something than if they weren't wearing a mask. So, like, I feel like a lot of times wearing a mask emboldens people to do stupid shit. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that's that's me being old and crotchety. Hey, no, 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 no. Shut up. I'm not We're saying how old I am. I'm in a but... wheelchair, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about old and crotchety. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you said old and crutchless, but um, that's just a oh, story. Oh, good um, lord. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was going to I was gonna kind of agree with that point because, you know, we we see a lot of people come and go in the New York team here and – We've had a number of people turn up who have never done anything like this before. They've got no kind of experience or any kind of relevant. But we, you know, we don't care about that. We're welcome to open, you know, have open arms for anyone who wants to come along. Um, but we, we've had a number of people who come along and they've spent a ton of money on gear. You know, they they have um, all the Kevlar like from head to toe. They have like all the patches and all the the various kind of gadgets and things that they want to bring with them. And they they've obviously planned this forever. And they come along, they do one patrol, and the reality of the fact that we're just trudging around Manhattan, you know, trying to put up flyers of a rapist or, you know, or, or talking to store owners about some muggings or, you know, whatever. It, it is not glamorous work. It's not high adrenaline stuff. It's a grind. Nope. And, it is. Uh, that, that, and they, and they yeah. never come back. You know, they spend all this money on gear. They do it once, and they say, screw that. <laughs> this is boring. <laughs> Exactly. And you know what? You just described what happened with me, too. I spent all this money on gear, and I realized, damn, we've been walking for miles, and, and we're just <laughs> sweating with all this crap on. And, you know, and that's why you know, we do the motorcycles now. But, um, you know, it's 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 uh, important to have that stuff, too, because, you know, there are people who have been uh, involved in, in altercations, some of them who put themselves in those uh altercations and and speaking of spending tons of money on gear like phoenix jones that's right i'm bringing him up wow, that guy i did i did go there um i haven't really been quiet about my views on phoenix i i think phoenix <laughs> is he's got a good heart but i think he can be very um wow. I, I think he buys his own hype buys into it too much sometimes but uh i yeah. i hear he you know because he, he what he fired his whole group um, and has like a couple of people with him now who still uh, who still patrol with him. Phoenix, you know, I've talked to the guy in private before online, and and like I said, he's he, he, he's trying. I think he has a lot to learn, but um, he won't do anything without his mask. In fact, when he got arrested, I think didn't he didn't he Rorschach out on people and uh, on the cops and say, "Give me back my face." Or something. Oh, like that was that. that was in court. That was in court. They they. They took his mask. No, that was court. They handed yeah, it back to him. When they took the mask away from him, like, <laughs> when they took it away, like it was, it was like at the situation when he he was he was arrested was you know and he claims he was kidding, um, but I mean, <laughs> the I don't know the thing with Phoenix that really bothers me is like he's not an idiot, like he's no as he's much not. as much as I would like to to just wholeheartedly assign him to the short bus. I can't do that. Because the guy he's got got 
an idea of what's going on. He, like, he has tactics that he uses, and, like, mm-hmm. he'll use the costume to their advantage. Like, like uh, one incident that comes to mind was uh, I heard about this. Uh, they had some someone was harassing another group of people, and so they basically just used their big flashy costumes to redirect their attention onto, oh, it's the weird superhero guys, you know? So, like, in a way, they kind of, I mean, they helped some people by, you know, just shifting the direction of whatever douchebag was trying to harass them onto right. the other douchebags wearing costumes. <laughs> now, um, that's effective. See, that's an effective way to do it. Yeah. But the thing is, is, like, does that really solve anything? Like, it, I mean, especially if things get out of hand more, like, do you really, really want to get, you know, shot or stabbed or, no. or gunned for doing fucking volunteer work? Like, I get paid no. to do it, and, like, we've had, you know... Like, just recently, we've had people get put in the hospital by my company, uh, you know, working in my company. So, like, mm-hmm. but we're getting paid to do that. We get L&I. Like, right. I, I'm not going to do that kind of shit when I'm not getting paid for it. If I don't have some sort of safety network um, to fall back on, I mean, I'm not, you know, Bruce Wayne with millions of dollars. I'm right. having a hard time making rent this month. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the last thing you want to do is get injured when you're trying to do a public service. So, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, that, that's and, a really good point, actually. I, I think, you know, we should reiterate that as much as we, we try to get out there and do good, there's a line where that we don't cross where, you know, the police get paid for, for taking care of some of these things. And, you know, if it comes down to facing, you know, facing down armed drug dealers or, you know, or busting into apartment buildings to drag people out, that that's not our bag. You know, it's not something we do. Yeah, you well, know, and, and highly I'm, illegal. Right, exactly. You know, we've been. I remember back in the day, uh, somebody saying, uh, somebody getting down. I, I had a, I, I had a little face to face with a um, an, another group leader, and he said, "At least we get our hands dirty, and we go in there and we do things." And I said, um, "Yeah, that's pretty. That's going to be really short lived. The way you try to do things, and really, how effective are you? I'll tell you what's effective: get your ass out there every damn week and keep doing something consistently." You know, something with your community. It's cool to do the patrolling because the patrolling has helped, you know, it's helped so many people. You always hear about the the story where someone did stop a, a, a crime. However, it's not, those stories aren't as occurring as often as the stories were, yeah, we went out and we did this. We helped these homeless people or we helped you know, get toys for tots or something. That stuff doesn't sound like the hardcore, I'm going to beat someone's ass type of, you know, crime fighter stuff. But you know what? You want to help stop a crime? Help keep a homeless guy from stealing something. You know, that's crime yeah. fighting. It ain't glamorous. It's not Bruce Wayne. It's not expensive. It's not expensive, but it's Sorry. effective. It's effective, right? Man. So I, I think consistency. I'll tell you yeah. what, as well, you know, we, we've got, we were just talking about the, the kind of people who have a delusion of, of what this real-life superhero gig is going to be like, and, and they're kind of disappointed when they get there. But I, I think there is also, there, there are definitely people out there who are just purely delusional, who live in a fantasy world. Oh, God, hell and, yeah, know, there are. We all hear stories of real-life superheroes who have dodged a bullet or been shot by a you know, kingpin or something, and you know the, these fantastic stories come out, particularly on Facebook and forums. 
And, you know, I, I have to say 99% of it must be complete and utter bullshit, really. Oh, it is. It's absolutely. And then when they get called out, they get pissed off, and then they shut down their profile and start a new one. Um, by the way, we've got a – oh, yeah, Geek Pile's talking about the cop who works Skid Row. He doesn't stop crimes every day. No, but he helps these kids grow guys. We've got somebody on, on who's been on hold, so we want to bring them yeah. into the – I think this might be someone from the other side of the fence. I'm not sure here. Let's Let's see. Right. That'd be awesome. Welcome, caller. Who are you? Where are you from? Hello. This is Freedom Fighter of the Extreme Justice League. Calling no, from I, San I, Diego. I knew it was somebody from the Extreme. I, I saw the area code now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I, I'm just glad that Rook said nice things about you. <laughs> this could have been oh, I, I really like. I really like the XJL. They're they're man. A couple of those guys are seriously are my buds who stayed here in this house with us. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're love those guys. Anyway, so welcome, Freedom Fighter. Give us your two cents. Well, I just wanted to call in and uh, you know, sort of. I mean, you guys haven't really been saying anything bad. I agree with you on most points. I just want to come and defend the the mask side of real life superheroism. Yeah, yeah, please you know, do. Most of most of uh, you know, just about everybody in the XJL wears masks, and they do come with their own sets of pros and cons. And I actually think that a lot of time they actually assist us in whatever we're trying to do, like where most of our work comes from breaking up fights on patrol. Uh, like uh, another gentleman already said, they'll shift the attention onto you, which mm-hmm. does help the situation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to where we've been able to de-escalate any situation, any heat that did come onto us because of us intervening with our masks on. And I think that's in no small, uh, no small part to our, uh, our consistent training and our ability to uh, not just go crazy and, you know, start pepper spraying everybody. <laughs> ah, no reference to Phoenix at all there, huh? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, Protect I, yourself. The line. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what? Okay, so Freedom Fighter, we got to meet at Hope last year, right? And, um, we did. You know, we we got to patrol with the XJL last uh, last summer. Plus, Nightbug and I have been out on a couple of patrols now, with the, like way back in the day. Um, in fact, uh I believe that we first patrolled with Raroni, which is a, a member who is who has passed on. Um, but anyway, we uh, we were we patrolled back in the day, and we did we did firsthand get to see what the masks can do because we went through this busy ass, you know, Southern California town. It was Ocean Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach, and. <laughs> There was partying going on everywhere. People were drunk all on the streets and stuff. I mean, out in the streets, just drunk. And then we were with this group of about eight of us, eight or nine, maybe even ten of us. Yeah, we were rolling thick. We were rolling thick that night. And um, I'll be damned if uh, people didn't see us and go, oh, you're those dudes on that documentary, right on. You know, and they're they're all excited because now they feel safer and, you know. And even the local, uh, the local, the local PD. police recognizes and go, Oh, you're from that show. Right, right. So I mean as soon as as soon as the cops saw Mr. Extreme, you know, first she was shining her flashlight on him what he's carrying on his gear belt and she goes, That taser and he goes, Oh yes ma'am it is, you know, and um and she goes, Oh, you're the guy from that 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 uh that movie and she's like, All right, go ahead, you know, carry on. So 
yeah, for recognition, um, to get people to familiar with you, especially if you want to patrol the same area and you want familiarity, masks are the bomb. Um, like I said, if you're, you're going to go... Yeah, it, it isn't the only way. It's not. It's um, it's one way, and uh, I'm glad we have somebody here from a from a group that is is definitely masked up. You know, hey, rock and roll. There's a whole bunch of us over here. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, there's yeah. about half the jail in the same room right here. <laughs> really? Hey guys, uh, how you doing? <laughs> you got midnight highwayman. I'm laid up with injuries. Everybody brought dinner over because I can't really walk anywhere. <laughs> I saw that. Midnight Highway Man, I got to tell you guys, he's got the the coolest. I, it's, it's hard to describe his costume, man. It's like head to toe. You'd never be able to recognize this guy out of his costume. And um, I saw you walking in the San Diego heat, you know, bearing down the middle, you know, the middle of the day and, and handing out water and food to the homeless. Pretty awesome because that costume looked like it would be hell. So <laughs> um, uh, I got to protect myself from the sun, but. Uh, again, like you know, talking about masks, um, my uh-huh. mask is actually padded underneath there, and then my, yeah. I have my uh, goggles on top of it. So the whole thing's actually pretty protective, and I can take a, a decent shot to the face, and it, uh, it it will definitely absorb some of the impact. And if you punch me square in the goggles, you're probably going to break your fingers. Oh, see, that's that's actually pretty cool because I know the goggles that Nightbug had, they were just a Bad accident waiting to happen. Oh, they were cheapo. They were cheapo. Okay. And they fogged up. Now that I've got everybody on the line, we got Spectre, we got Drop, and we got the XG, half of the XGL on the line. Tell me what you guys think about the other side of the costumes where you look like a freaking ninja or you look like you're going to walk into a theater, let's be honest here, and shoot up the crowd. What do you guys think about people who walk around in the full Kevlar, the black, you know, scary looking stuff? I think it's a great uh, idea. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Darwinism. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I think we're all in Maybe favor of... you should put some shorts on. Preferably in a concealed capacity so you don't look um, that threatening size. You don't want people knowing where the gaps are, at least in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 for one, am not a fan of the hoodie uh, look. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean... For- with me personally, I think um, if you're going to do this, I think color's the way to go. Maybe don't look like a ninja, like you're trying to hurt anybody. Right. Uh, go for, you know, a superhero look. So people kind of get an idea of what you're about, and they might, you know, they might not be scared of you when you approach them trying to help. Well, I think the thing they have to look at it is, I mean, you, you have to examine the external factors. So, like, let's say you're in Seattle and maybe you have riots every year on May Day because our city's amazing. Um, <laughs> if you want to look like a fucking anarchist and dress in all black and have that be your costume, you know what? You'll blend right in. You will You will probably get arrested by the police in the process of doing so, but at least the anarchists won't be giving you crap. And that's actually something we had issue with. So, like, I mean, no, I think no matter what you do, you just have to make sure that whatever, you, however you go about accomplishing your goal, you're actually thinking about, all right, is everything I'm doing actually serving that purpose? Like, if I wanted to, I don't know, maybe uh, walk along with a bunch of anarchists and, you know, quietly calm people down while, you know, the police are, you know, in phalanxes trying to break up the crowds and people are setting off fire fire bombs and stuff like that, you know, if you want to blend in with them, 
you know what? If you have a, a super black ninja scary costume, you'll actually blend in pretty well. But if you're wearing a super bright costume, the anarchists in Seattle don't exactly have a good relationship with the RLSH here, so that could end up escalating things and actually has it, multiple it times. It did. Right. I was just going to yeah, say, Yeah, I actually got, got to break up that fun. Yeah. So... <laughs> These are excellent points because that is the, the truth of the matter that if you are in the wrong place at the wrong time wearing that, yeah, you can get really hurt. Because I remember you guys put up pictures of that, and the RLSH out there in costumes, in colors, they were getting beat down by a whole mob of people wearing all black and dressing like what I just asked. So that is kind of an exception, but the point does stand that you should realize where you're going to be with that and would it be, you know, appropriate and safe for you. And now it got quiet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, going to, I'm just going to add as well. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but we in the New York Hero Initiative have been looking recently at actually creating a, literally a uniform. So, you know, the specific colors that we wear, specific patches that, that make us look more like a visible team. Um, and, and the whole goal there is to look like um, an authoritative force, you know, the same way that people respect the police. And, and even when you see, you know, the Red Cross and these kind of very visible teams come in, um, you know, the idea there is if we were going to go into a really problematic area, at least we look like a unit that uh, are kind of cohesive. So I, I don't know whether you guys have, have kind of thought along the same lines and had any attempts at that. I, I think here in San Diego, we've, we've got it a little easier than most other cities. Uh, yeah. In San Diego, when you're in a costume, most people aren't going to bat an eye any time of year. Um, it, there, there's so much happening anywhere in Southern California, really, but especially San Diego. And that and the really, really good working relationship we have with the police, uh, that eliminates a lot of the hassles I think other teams and other groups um, have to overcome. Um, and, of course, you know, that was Mr. Extreme and, and some of the, the others before us who spent years laying down that kind of groundwork. But, uh, you know, the payoff for, for that patient is uh, the situation we have now is that, uh, you know, we are a visible known force and uh, we, we are an effective deterrent down here. I can attest to that. They do know you guys down there. They recognize you on the streets. So, yeah. And that that's that's worked out for our friends in the uh, in the legacy, the legacy initiative. initiative. They they initially experimented with wearing black and such when they went out, and they found the response was uh, was not favorable. Not so favorable. So they went with brighter colored. They wear vests. vests. Yeah, they, and their vests. Uh, they were you know they're safety vests, but they're specifically created for them, so they have patchwork and they have other things on them. So that when they go out, they, it's obvious they're a team of something. And the fact that those vests look like public workers somehow, but you can't quite place them, it, it tends to get people to go, oh, who are these guys? They they look like they should be here, but really, what you know, what are they? And so that works for them, too. I'm not no, gonna lie. I was wondering as well, a question for the for the XJL guys, XJL guys who are on the line. Um, what 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 are the cops? You know, how do they typically react to you now that you've been around for a while? You're more of a known quantity. What what kind of relationship do you have with them? Uh, I know that I sat there on the corner just talking with a few cops uh, while we were all posted up, and uh, we just kind of compared equipment, and they were jealous that our stun batons were seven million volts, and they were stuck with like eight hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we have a, we have just a really good sort of camaraderie with them. Uh, you know, they'll they'll joke around and and uh, you know most of the times, at least I know that when I've done downtown patrols, 
uh, they'll drive by or walk by or bike by on their patrols, and they'll give us a thumbs up or say, hey, thanks for being out here helping. Um, recently, in the North Park assault that we were working with, uh, we would go right up to the surveillance van, knock on the door, and say, hey, we're out here tonight. You tell us where you want us, and they will work with us. And they said, okay, well, could you guys patrol up and down the alleys between this street and this street and let us know if you've seen anything? It's like, you know, roger that, you know. So there's many times that uh, we've, you know, we've been able to even work alongside with them. So it's it's a nice relationship to have. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I think it's imperative that any group out there, or even if you're an individual and you're you're doing this alone, although I would never, ever recommend going out there and doing this alone, but I believe it's important for the, the cops to get to know you, get to know um, who the hell you are. Because, like you said, Mr. Extreme laid a lot of groundwork for that. I mean, in the movie you can see where the cops kind of know them already, and the ones who don't, you know, have to pull them over and find out who are you. You're out there often enough. Again, it's the familiarity, and they're going, oh, okay, these aren't the guys we're after. We know them, and they're consistently trying to help us. Yeah, That's we're important. not the drones you're looking for. Right, right. Uh, so, I don't know if you guys can hear it, because White Fist keeps talking over everybody as he does. He's so loud. and <laughs> He, Light, Light Fist, Light Fist, I remember you. You weren't that loud on patrol, so I, I see on the phone now you're a big mouth, huh? That's awesome. That is the only say. time we'll hear him talk, by the way. Oh, okay. I was going to say, man, he was not loud when, when we were all out there in Hope. Um, now, even matching T-shirts, someone in the chat room is saying could have a team effect. Yeah, you know, that's that's fine. It, it doesn't have to be something that takes all your paycheck. It doesn't. Uh, I I. I think uh, I think we're all jealous that we don't have the money to spend on our uh, costumes or our gear that Phoenix Jones had at one point. Um, I'll be the first to admit that I'm jealous that I didn't have a sponsor, you know, to help me out with my gear. Um, so if I did, you know, if you guys could, I'm going to ask this: if you could, if I gave you a thousand dollars right now, what would you buy for your outfit that you don't have already? Uh, I know $1,000 would allow you to build what I wear normally, plus add <laughs> a uh, Class 3A vest with uh, Class 2 stab and spike protection. Um, uh, I, yeah. I carry, there's about four, I guess about $400 of equipment that I carry um, between mag lights, cuffs, full first aid kit, and then uh, a host of other equipment. Ah. Uh. First, I, I got to stop you right there. We're going to talk about that first aid kit now. With everything else that that people bring with them out on patrol, I'm glad to hear you guys have said two things today that make me happy: the de-escalation part, because without that, you're just a bunch of assholes walking around looking to fight someone. So de-escalation. Is, shut up, drop. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to fight. Um, and then the other thing is the first aid kit, because really, if you come upon somebody injured. And all you've got is a mag light and some tasers. What good are you? You know, you're not really helping out there because people get hurt. So, uh, anyway, um, anyone else want to answer that? Let's, let's go there um, in, in terms of first aid kit. Maybe people can share what they would normally take. And I'd be interested in, in the XJL, what you normally kind of put in your first aid kits that you recommend to people who are starting out down this road. Uh, not handy. Uh, um. Well, um, what I suggest personally is to get 
um, a pretty comprehensive. You can get them through Red Cross, uh, CVS, or Rite Aid, or something like that. Most most kinds of the drugstores and pharmacies are going to carry um, at least a not maybe a paramedic level kit, but at least a higher end kit. Uh, you can probably get that for thirty bucks, and that will give you most of the basic that you're going to need. You know, some some bandages and so forth. Uh, you add into that some uh, some ACE bandages, and then there's a lot of uh, you know just little quick tricks. We were talking earlier. I mean, the fastest way to make a splint for like a broken wrist or something uh, or arm is just a magazine or roll of duct tape. I mean, you know, there's oh, a lot yeah. of uh, down and dirty uh, emergency. Now, yeah. if you're a, if you're a new RLSH, please take there. There are so many good good tips, and that that was one of them to put in a first aid kit. And John Drop is we actually we only have three and a half minutes, but Drop, do you want to add to that? Because you've been a trained medic, so uh, street medic. Yeah, I mean, I'm a yeah street medic, so I don't have like. EMT cert or anything like that, but um, yeah, I mean my my first aid kits tend to be fairly light um, because for the most part, like I don't want to carry be weighed down by lots of stuff that someone can just go to a, like a Rite Aid and pick up band aids or something like that, or I can go to a Rite Aid and pick up band aids or stuff like that. So I just want to have stuff that deals with um like broken bones, you know, massive bleeding, things like that. So um. Lots of guys, lots of duct tape. Um, uh, every once in a while, I'll get like uh, crazy glue because crazy glue is is God's gift to medics. You can you can put together people in ways you never thought you would. It's like making. Uh, right. um, otherwise, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we uh, some of us also carry uh, glucose tablets in case you run across somebody going into diabetic shock. That's a fast way to help them. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to have to have another show on what to carry because seriously, this stuff is, I'm learning, you know, from you. And I've been doing this for, what, four years now? I've been, yeah, because I, I carry, I'm a female, though. I carry everything. So, I mean, I'm condensing it down. It pisses off. Tampons. Carry tampons. They're great. <laughs> i got a story seriously, about like, that. Some, yeah, seriously, somebody asked me for one right in the middle of a fire emergency. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll get to that in another show. <laughs> Speaking of another show, we have a minute and a half left. So you know what? With that, uh, Spectre, I think we ought to thank our guests because you guys have given some awesome tips tonight and some uh, great, great viewpoints. And, yeah, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of starstruck by the company. I really appreciate everyone right? dialing in. This has been uh, exactly. pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. You guys, you guys rock. Um, and for and for uh, the people in our in our chat room, I mean, we've got, you know, we got RLSHs in our chat room. we got another radio show uh, group in our chat room. Plus, we've got Teddy Rubskin, infamous, uh, you know, viral video uh, star. Yes, Teddy, I'm talking about you. Um, so with our last minute, I want to invite you guys all back. We will be talking about gear. And, and maybe we'll get you to share some crazy stories about, because that, that's always fun. And uh, we want to thank you. And our two-year anniversary show is coming up next. That is, uh, uh, I believe, that's next Tuesday or the Tuesday. Have. We'll let you know. So thank you, XJL. Thank you, John Drop. Thank you, uh, chat room people, Teddy Rubskin and Geek Pile. And uh, listen in again and, and tell your friends. Tell your friends to listen in. We've got we've got our, everything on archive. So if they miss it, they can listen. They can eat a sandwich, get to know us. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Vector, you want to take Good a Good night. Talk? Thanks very much, Joel. Yeah.
Are you sticking around after that? Are you just going to keep talking? Oh, there's music. Yeah, you can talk over the music. We don't care. Why is the music so loud? Are you going to have this fun? Wait, wait, wait. Is there a cover at that club? There we go. There we go. Glory. Oh, my God. Feel like and some wine that, and a nice right? <laughs> <laughs> I miss oh you guys. God. I miss you too. Love you guys. <laughs> Alright. So are we gonna do a gear show next? Yes we are. Alright. I didn't know how this machine worked. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.